Come and dream with me. Hello, welcome to this What Do You Want to Watch discussion of our favourite shows of 2022. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blatt. I'm going to be here, end of 2022, special time. Yeah. All right, let's just jump straight in. Of course, we're going to do our top 10 favorite TV shows of 2022, as well as uh, a couple of top threes to round things off towards the end of the episode. So, yeah, let's just keep get straight into it. Dylan, what's your number 10? My number 10 TV show of 2022, The Sandman, uh, the Neil Gaiman... Uh, well, no. Based on the Neil Gaiman, who did the show actually? It was Gaiman. I kind of uh, Alan Heinberg. I want to say, and somebody else, somebody else. Uh, Alan Heinberg. David S. Goyer. Yes. Developed by yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So based on the Neil Gaiman uh, story, though, of course, it's about uh, Sandman, uh, Doctor Sleep. Uh, I'm sure he's got other names. I don't know. Uh, he gets captured and then he's, hell, it's like a hundred years or something, hundreds of years, something like that. He's like yeah. captured by the humans. Uh, eventually like breaks out. But during that time, sort of because he controlled the dreams and stuff of humanity, shit sort of got out of whack. And he's got one of his creations, which is played by, um, what's his name? Boyd Hardbook? Yes. I think, yes, uh, has like escaped, uh, and he's like a, just a serial killer basically. Uh, and then you've got all these other little interesting storylines that are all tying in together. Um, I feel it's, it's very cool. Like it, nearly every episode was, it's like one major story, but every episode was like sort of a self-contained story in, in itself. Like it's sort of, he visits one character and spends time with them and like, you've got, of course, the episode he spends with Jenna Coleman. Um, you've got the episode he spends with, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but Death, which pro- uh, which is a really great episode. Um, the episode he goes to hell. Um, all, that, all, all those times he spends with just these particular characters. Uh, really just interesting universe. Uh, shot very well. All these fantastic performances. Uh, can't wait for more. So that was my number 10. All right. My number 10, Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, it had been quite a wait since, uh, the previous season, I want to say a co- couple of years, but season three came out 2019. So it'd been three years, uh, since we'd been running around, uh, Hawkins with these kids. Uh, I loved all the new elements out of the show. Of course, everybody fell in love with Eddie Munson, uh, and whole Dungeons and Dragons crew, uh, Hellfire Club. Uh, the whole, you know, satanic panic running through the town. Uh, and then you've got this actual villain uh, in Vecna, who's an actual threat, and we'll see again, uh, and how it all kind of tied into previous seasons and have kind of reworked it uh, leading up to this upcoming final season. I thought, yeah, it was great show, uh, great chance for someone like Sadie Sink to, like, sink her teeth and so do some stuff. Um it made, you know, running up that hill, like, a sensation, yeah, a sensation again in 2022. Uh, so, yeah, it's a show that had an amazing large footprint this year. So, it's number 10 on my list. Dylan, what is your number nine? Number nine on my list is the miniseries We Own This City. Um, the David, fuck, Chase, right? 
Uh, no. David Simon? David Chase? I'm bloody going insane. David Simon series. Yeah, there we go. I'm going insane. Yeah. Um, co-developed series, but the basically the guy who did the wire. Like, this is the yeah. same sort of thing. Um, the So it's all about the Baltimore City's gun trace task force. Uh, so based on the true story, uh, main cop you follow is played by... Um, uh, John Berthnall, and he, he, the show jumps around a lot to sort of explain how the, this task force is set up, how it becomes utterly corrupt and how they use their power, um, of, ba- they basically have no one telling them what to do or, um, making sure they're doing the right thing or, or anything like that. And what they end up doing is this tra- task force is mostly just going around and shooting, oh, not shooting, uh, sh- arresting people. Um, particularly, I guess, targeting black people, uh, and then who they would predict are like drug dealers, um, arresting them and then basically looking to find drug money and all these other things. And then they're just taking it for themselves. So they're just making like a lot of money that way. It also explores like the, the legal system happening in the time, like the police chief, the mayor and all these things happening in the background. And the, of course, eventual like capture and the rest of a lot of these officers and stuff. But yeah, it was, I think it was like six or eight episodes, one of those two numbers, but, um, Really, really good. All right. My number nine, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Um, a show at Prime Video, uh, of course, based on the Lord of the Rings books, but set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, we knew going in that, you know, Amazon had thrown a bunch of money at the show. Uh, it's like one of the most expensive shows ever made and it, it ends up looking like it on the screen. It's a beautiful sh- shot show. Uh, the cinematography across the board is incredible. Um, but especially with this entirely new cast of characters that no one really knew anything about, uh, other than, you know, Galadriel and Elrond, um, I, you know, over the 10 episodes, you came to love and care about all these different characters, and we're really invested, and yeah, I thought it was a great time, probably helped by the fact that we were talking about it every single week over on uh, The Lord of the Rings Extended, uh, kind of delving deep into it, and then theorizing, and some people throwing out crazy theories, and then not committing to bets, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then whining about it afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so incredible, I can't wait for the next season, so... Um, yeah, the, what was it, uh, Udon, like, might be one of the most, the, like, the last five minutes of that, might be some of the best five minutes of the year, um, yeah, pretty incredible show. Dylan, what is your number eight? Uh, my number eight is exactly what you was just talking about, my number eight is, uh, The Rings of Power, so, um, similar reasons, obviously, doing the rewatch uh, of the films, the extended edition of all the Lord of the Rings films sort of got me really hyped around Lord of the Rings uh, for the first time in ages coming into that series. So I was already ready to sort of like it. But then, um, yeah, I, I really liked the the take it has, like going back and going back far enough, having some characters that we know, but not also leaning heavily on um, nostalgia or, or references, I guess, to characters that people would know from the movies and stuff. The characters that are in this 
from the movies and the books, the, whatever the, the, yeah, I guess mainly just the movies. That's what most people have watched or know about Lord of the Rings. Um, not leaning too heavily on those and the characters that are here are the ones that actually make sense. And, um, like I was really surprised how good Elrond is, is in this. Gladiel's really awesome. Um, of course we've got the, like the real, the big bad guy by the end of it and all these other really great moments. So yeah, really, really keen to come into, to the second season. Alright. My number eight is Severance. Uh, the Apple TV Plus series starring Adam Scott uh, about uh, a company that has a severance program in which uh, they separate the non-work, the time in a person's, change something in a person's brain so there's one per, one side of their personality or one side of them. It pretty much splits somebody into two. Someone who works for the company than someone who does not work for the company. Um, and he kind of explores that idea and like, um, and then there's of course the major mystery around this, the, the company and what weird things they're doing and all the different wacky stuff that's going on, uh, inside the company. Um, I think just the, the, I think this was the big, uh, word of mouth show of this year. Like, I felt like I had not jumped on like, at the start, I think I don't think I watched it till like I think after you caught it, up it all like, come out. I feel like you caught up like either right on the season finale week, like a day before yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but obviously the word of mouth had been spreading like online, and everybody was talking about it and talking about how crazy it was and different fan theories and that kind of stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a show worth jumping onto, and uh, one that uh, I think across the board is great performances. Um, Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, uh, John Turturro. Um, yeah, just a really interesting show that you never know exactly where it's going to go. Uh, and of course, that season finale is like crazy. Like some of the reveals and the, the things that take place is uh, mind-blowing, but also setting up for another great potential season next year. So Severance is my number eight. Dylan, what is your number seven? My number seven is the Netflix series Heartstopper. Um, so this is based on the novel, uh, graphic novel, I guess, series by Alice Oseman. Oseman. Um, the series was directed by uh, Buddy Torchwood and Doctor Who alumni Eurus Lin, which is, is always a weird factoid. But um, so Heartstopper is about uh, my character Charlie, who sort of has a crush on um, this guy, Nick. Um, but Nick is probably straight, <laughs> I guess is like the, the setup for it. Whereas Charlie is definitely, um, uh, gay and, um, th- his friends who's played by, um, Yasmin Finney and William Go, um, they're very much like constantly telling him to, to stop hanging around Nick. Cause also Nick hangs around with the, the jocks and all this sort of stuff, but, uh, Nick's the nice guy and he's actually the, you know, he's the one jock dude or whatever that's not an asshole. So, um, it's a very, obviously it's a coming of age story, like a modern coming of age story, but the cast is all fantastic. Um, that's very funny at times, a very lively, colorful show too, that makes use of sort of on screen, uh, graphics to bring in the comic book esque feel from the, the, from where it's been adapted from. Um, but yeah, I smashed through all, obviously, oh, and also Olivia Coleman's in this and she's fantastic. Well, that's a generic statement, but she plays like the mum, but she's really, really good. Yeah. Um, 
surprise cameo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprise cameo. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the second, the follow-up season to this. But this is probably like my, probably the, the feel-good show of the, the year for me. So, heart stopper. Yeah. A really a good success story for Netflix, you know. A, show, a teen drama that didn't cancel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. They, they committed to like several seasons as well, so, I mean. I think they yeah, went for two more after this one, so. Yeah, so. Uh, my number seven, The After Party. So this is a murder mystery comedy on Apple TV Plus, uh, created by Christopher Miller, in which uh, a pop star played by Dave Franco goes to his high school reunion, goes to the after party, and ends up murdered. Um, and uh, Tiffany Haddish's detective has to come in and figure out who at the after party killed Dave Franco um, by interviewing each of the different uh, suspects and they retell the different events of the night, uh, but in their own unique way with each episode kind of doing being a different genre, um, whether one episode's a romantic comedy, one is a musical, one is an action movie, one is, you know, a teen drama, one is like a psychological thriller. Um, I think really fun, really creative, uh, great ensemble cast with people like Tiffany Haddish, Dave Franco, Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow, Ike Barinholtz, Ben Swartz, Alana Galeza. Um, yeah, just, uh, just the mystery is maintained over the entire season, but it's also really funny. Um, yeah. And it, it, the whole thing pays off really well as well. So, uh, really enjoyable season of television. Uh, yeah. The after party, check it out on Apple TV plus Dylan. What is your number six? My number six is a show you've already mentioned as well. Severance. So yeah, the Ben, the weirdly Ben Siller Co-created. Oh yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the other one. <laughs> um, ben Stiller, uh directed series is a well, he directed like most of it, I think, seven yep. episodes. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's it's just it's such a crazy idea. Um, it and the way it sort of delves into, I guess, oh, fuck, what's the word for it? Like you know, work, you know, work, life, work life balance, yeah. work life balance, yeah, and I guess that all, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um. Adam Scott gives this really good performance. Like, obviously, it's all like a dramatic performance from most people in this. It's a it is a dark comedy at times, but it's mostly obviously a drama. But yeah, um, the cast is really really good, um, especially like John Turturro and Christopher Walken as like two standouts, I guess, weirdly amongst this. Um, Patricia Arquette as well, of course. Uh, outside, like the because your main your main character is obviously Adam Scott and then Brit um, Lower, Lower yeah. uh, Healy. Um, yeah, it's sort of the surprise standout hit, I guess, uh, Apple's, especially for Apple from this year. So, um, crazy season finale, cliffhanger finish where I'm really, really excited and I can't wait to get stuck into season two as soon as they drop it because it is a, it's a, it's a crazy finish <laughs> for that, that season finale. You're like, what's going to happen next? So, can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. My number six. The show you've already mentioned, The Sandman's, of course. Uh, like you said, adapted from the uh, Neil Gaiman comic book series. Uh, I'd never read the comic book series, but I had listened to the audio drama adaptation uh, in the last year or two. So, kind of seeing those stories come to life was really cool, and seeing how they kind of changed some things, altered it in different ways to fit television. I think. Uh, Kirby Balhaptiste plays Death, and her episode is 
one of the better episodes of the season uh, of of the year in general. Um, and then you know the whole mystery around Dream and all the different adventures he kind of goes on uh, after his imprisonment is uh, really incredible. Uh, yeah, lots of like even the the diner episode where you know there's barely any of the main characters we've seen uh, all season. Like, I think that's actually my, if I was to pick that, would actually be my favorite episode, the diner episode. Yeah. Uh, pretty stellar stuff, acting-wise. Um, yeah, just a lot of inventive characters and cuteness. Cute characters, like, you've got the the little uh, griffin. Uh, you know, heart breaks you at the start, and then, you know, gives you a little griffin thing at the end. Um, yeah. Lots of, and then they added an extra bonus episode with like one of the cutest little things about these cats, and then the most heartbreaking, disgust, terrible things about this, uh, about uh, this uh, siren. No, what's the word? Oh, about this muse that's uh, trapped uh, by this author. Yeah, which is incredibly dark, but done in a very tasteful way. <laughs> so yeah, Sandman, one of the best shows of the year. Dylan, what is your number five? My number five is the rehearsal. Um, I don't know how to explain this show still, but <laughs> it's one of the best shows of the year. Uh, it's Nathan Fielder who decides he's going to show people that he can sort of help them through things by rehearsing them with them. So the first episode is a guy who wants to break the news to his friend that He's uh, lied to her their entire life and he doesn't have like a big degree or something like that. Um, so he like builds this massive replica, uh, replica pizza place where he wants to tell him and I uh, tell her and he gets to play out the scenario a million times over to try and work out exactly how the night will play out. So he's prepared for it. But like that first episode's wild enough, but then the show just, it's, I don't even know if he was well aware of the direction the show would go in because by the time you get to the second episode and suddenly he's got a woman who wants to be a parent and they're switching out fake babies with real babies and all the old sorts of crazy stuff starts happening. And then when you get to the season finale, you're just like, man, this show just went really dark out of nowhere. And <laughs> like, it's, it's a wild ride. So, uh, yeah, the rehearsal number five. All right. Number five for me is players. So this is the uh, Paramount Plus series uh, focused on a fictional uh, League of Legends uh, North American team uh, and kind of chronicles their the team over a season. It is the last dance, but in League of Legends uh, following uh, the legendary or like the key player, Cream Cheese from his early days uh, like as an amateur through to his becoming a one of the biggest stars of the the League of Legends, uh, but then also having to deal with a new team, up and coming prodigy teammate uh, in Organism, uh, who doesn't really see eye to eye and in like clashes personality wise with. Um, I think an incredible season, just very funny, a well told documentary esque, mockumentary style show um, that never like while it. It pokes fun at League of Legends. It never like makes fun of League of Legends. You know what I mean? It's it always treats the the game with respect and the esports as a whole with respect. I think you know the arc that the characters go over on over this season is incredible. And then like the last couple of episodes are like were must watch television in my opinion. I I was 
very keen to see what happens. Um, yeah, and just some of the, the stuff that they pull off in the show is a lot of fun. Some of the crazy uh, reveals about different things, yeah. I really enjoy Players, and I'm, again, another show I'm very keen to see more of. Dylan, what's your number four? Number four on my list is The Return of Game of Thrones. It's House of the Dragon. Um, so it, it just goes to show that, look, people still like this world and these, <laughs> these characters and well, these families or whatever when they're, they're done correctly because everyone was all back aboard the Game of Thrones hype train this year and for good reasons because uh, having a show set in the Game of Thrones universe but only focused on one family uh, is weird at first because you're so used to Game of Thrones obviously jumping around between all these different characters at different locations and stuff but um, it really made for I, I, I feel like a definitely a better sophomore like season than the first season of Game of Thrones ever had so um, you got this fantastic cast from obviously Matt Smith's in here and, and again like really shocked because I came into this going Matt Smith all right, we'll see how that plays out. Like, nothing against Matt Smith, but I really could not have pictured him in this particular role at the time. But now I can't picture anyone else. He's just, like, really, really good in that. Um, Paddy Constantine, obviously, Constantine, Constantine, um, as King Viserys is a standout sort of for this season. Um, then, of course, Emma Darcy, they're fantastic as the older princess, uh, Rhaenyra. Um, Olivia Cook, fantastic as the older um, uh, Alison as well and then yep. of course millie alcock as the the younger um well i guess shout out to emily character or something mean but yes. yeah millie <laughs> alcock's a, a thing. but yeah it's a it's 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 game of thrones still but i i do feel like it's the writing is the sh- really really sharp sharper than the last several seasons of game of thrones ever were so um back aboard the game of thrones hype train with house of the dragon all right my number four is abbott elementary the uh sitcom uh mockumentary style series uh based in a elementary school uh currently streaming on disney plus uh created and starring uh quinta brunson uh featuring a fantastic ensemble cast with people like tyler james williams janelle james uh shirley ralph um just very wholesome fun tv uh with interesting storylines just lots of laughs per an episode uh kind of dealing with a a workplace that we haven't seen really uh at least in a while uh just showcasing how difficult it is to be a teacher in 2020 in these modern days um and how how kind of showcasing how important teaching teachers are um yeah i just think everybody across the board is doing a fantastic work uh just yeah, lots of fun episodes that I've gone back and watched several times. Uh, yeah, just lot, lots of fun, positive energy out there. It's not a super mean show in any way. So, um, yeah, Abaddon Elementary is my number four. Dylan, what is your number three show of 2022? We're into the top three. Yep. My number three show is a brand new show called Yellow Jackets. Um, wow. So this show is about a uh, all girls soccer team who uh, is flying to their to do a match or something, um, and they <laughs> crash land in the middle of but fuck nowhere like forest. Um, 
and shit just goes off. Like, you know, people are hurt, people are dead, places on. But the, the premiere, the first episode of this, like the plane crash and everything sequence, is uh, absolutely fantastic. It really gets the hecticness of all that going down. Um, but this show has so many mystery boxes in it. It's I'm surprised that JJ Abrams isn't involved. And it's honestly <laughs> the <laughs> it's the most excited I've been about a show set in the middle of buttfuck nowhere after a plane crash since Lost. So um, the you've got not only do you then and it does similar thing to Lost because all of a sudden not only do you start the show with these the 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 teenage girl soccer team girls team crashing suddenly you're flashing forward and you're seeing the some of these characters and you know they survive because you're now seeing them as adults they've they've got children of their own and we um you get to see what's how their lives are working out in the future and um what's going on there of course you don't know exactly who with and all of them but um melanie linsky plays the like older character of um shauna and she's got some weird sort of secrets happening in, in her own life um uh, that may or may not tie into what they did to survive, which is the constant tease of the the episode, I guess, um, or th- of the the show is that they. I mean, I don't want to spoil the whole show, but like, it's like if you haven't watched the first episode by now, it's like the the constantly is like they they went full cannibal to survive, and they're sort of been trying to keep that a the uh, they've been trying to keep that a secret. Uh, after they even got back you're like they never they never made that part of their how we survive story because they i guess they didn't want to be known as the the teenage cannibal girls and like what actually went on so um as you like constantly flashing backwards and forwards the older characters are dealing with also people like suddenly they're getting blackmail messages about like we're going to expose all your secrets so then a bunch of the older characters start getting back together to try and figure out who's who's sending these including um christina rishi rishi um who's playing the older misty in this who is absolutely fucking amazing she's just off her block insane in this in this series um and then the the as you the, sh- the first season progresses and you get to see a bunch of the the young the the younger characters they it progresses from of course like we'll get saved soon it's fine we need to survive to that stage of oh fuck we're running out of food to oh fuck i don't think anyone's coming for us um you know and then they start going absolutely insane some of them start losing their minds like it's the whole freak out stage and you know infighting uh against like what they should do like it's 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 really really good um i'm very keen for season two which starts in a in a few months uh, march so and uh Paramount must be as well because I've already greenlit a season three ahead of season two. So yeah, incredible. All right, my number three is the rehearsal. Uh, like Dylan said, it is a crazy show that really defies expectations. Um, with the setup of you know trying to be a like self help show, like helping people in these difficult situations, but then it just ramps up to become a whole different show about you know. A whole bunch of different things i think it is one of the shows that you need to watch this year uh it is definitely uh an experience that i'll not forget <laughs> um just the way that the season escalates and escalates and um goes in directions you just could not have seen coming uh nathan fielder is incredible uh just yeah just a, the wildest show of the year easily Dylan, what is your number two? My number two is Andor, the Star Wars Disney Plus series. Um, I've said it a million times, of course, over on Holocron Entries, our after show where we were discussing each of this each episode of this 
uh, per week uh, going rogue. But this is the best Star Wars that we've had since The Last Jedi. Um, it is just brilliantly written. It treats the characters like real interesting people and not cartoon characters, um, which is fun sometimes, but I, can't, <laughs> I need some substance in my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone in the show is phenomenal. The way it's sort of paced out across these primarily three episode arcs and then like maybe an episode in between to sort of set up the next one um and you have these like so from episode uh was it four five six this like sort of heist set up and then you've got a, a prison escape sequence through it andy circus gives some of his best work in the, in the series at some stage just as a guest appearance which is insane to think about um you have all these really interesting characters that i feel like we've barely scratched the surface of and i can't wait to see more in the next season um like cereal and um Luthen, of course, played by Stellan Skarsgård, who's it's really interesting and amazing performance by Stellan Skarsgård as well. Genevieve O'Reilly finally gets to explore Mon Mothma in a proper way, not just as someone giving a speech and then disappearing into the the, the ether of Star Wars for another five, six years. Um, we've got this fantastic character in Dedra, uh, played by Denise Go, Go, Goth, whatever. Um, this, like, uh, ISB agent trying to track down the... the, the she, she knows rebellion starting but no one wants to believe her and then you've got all these other little characters and of course diego luna who no one would have predicted i guess that cassian andor would be the character from rogue one to get a, a spin-off let alone a spin-off that's this good but uh he did and it is so yeah andor second favorite show of the year all right uh my number two is house of the dragon uh like you said a fantastic return to the world of game of thrones uh, an incredible ensemble cast. Um, I think incredibly well written. Just the arc of the entire first season, like uh, taking taking the characters Valicent and Rhaenyra from where we see them at the start of the season to where we see them at the end of the season, uh, from best friends to sworn enemies, um, and just kind of the tension that is there every single episode is uh, such a delight. Of course, it's again made so much fun by discussing it over on uh, South King's Landing each week. Um, but yeah, just it it looks incredible as well. Um, and just some of the stuff that, you know, these characters get into, even though some of the characters, like, have very interesting looks uh, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like um, it's reignited people's love for Game of Thrones and was obviously a massive success for HBO. Um yeah, I'm excited for hundreds and hundreds of war crazy situations to see unplay play out. Um, yeah, you don't see violence like this anywhere else. <laughs> Nowhere else will you see people getting beheaded or you know, fried by dragons or eaten by crabs. I was about to say the first one beheading is like not, yeah, but the, the last two shots. all right dylan i don't think you're going to surprise anybody but what is your number one show of 2022 no it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone my number one show of 2022 is of course better (laughs) console i'll leave it just for tricks um better console is which now that it's finished i i can say wholeheartedly with uh, definition that better console is my favorite show of all time um wow. it is 
absolutely phenomenal. The writing is impeccable. The characters are some of the most interesting laid people that I've ever got the chance to witness across any amount of television series. Um, it was both very sad to see the show come to an end and know that I get to spend no more time with these characters. Um, well, new time, I guess I could start watching Breaking Bad because this is a prequel. Um, yeah. but there, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, six seasons, it is, it is better than Breaking Bad. It's not that I'm saying that Breaking Bad is suddenly crap, but it's just like everything that Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould, and the rest of the team that came across from Breaking Bad, everything they work, they learnt working on that show, they just brought across to this and made ten times better. And even if, like in retrospect, like I, I really like the first season, but it's like in, in interest, it's interesting looking back across the seasons as the first season is, and they've admitted this, they were still sort of tonally working out: is this show like a, is it more drama, is it like a, a comedy? And they had that same problem with the first season of Breaking Bad, where at first it actually was supposed to be a dark comedy. Um, and then they were like, nah, fuck, it's just a full on drama. They went through the same arc with this where they're like, nah, it's just a drama. Like, <laughs> like they just eventually commit. But yeah, the, the way season six wraps up things and you have this sort of first act of the season before they took a, a break. Um, but the first act sort of wrapping up things in the prequel time period. And then the, when the, it comes back for the second half of the show, it's actually set after Breaking Bad where, um, Jimmy slash Saul Goodman, um, what, where he ran off to after the events of Breaking Bad and like where he was in hiding, which they'd been teasing every single season with a, a short like clip showing, showing where he was and showing how sort of paranoid he was about getting captured and all the, all, all these things. But able to finally see not only Jimmy, Jimmy McGill's full prequel origin story, but then this show bringing everything full circle and seeing him actually get a, a finish he deserved as a character because he never actually got one because when they're, you know, Breaking Bad, he's just a supporting character. Like he's there, he's like, oh shit, I gotta go on the run and he disappears, you never see him again because he's the, you know, they gotta focus on Brian Caston, Aaron Paul, the main characters. So, mm. um, getting them to actually be able to loop back and the very brave choice to commit to the last, the, the last several episodes of the show just all being shot in black and white, um, I think is all, um, to commit to the, the color palette that the, the, time skip forward moments have always had throughout the show um i thought was a really brave choice as well and yeah the final episode of this is just it's amazing it's some of the best television you'll ever watch um what a fantastic character all these fantastic performances ray seahorn <laughs> get in water please she is, gives one of the best performances of the year easily if not the best performance she like has this full break mental breakdown in a fucking bus and it's hard as hell to watch her cry um but yeah everyone in the show is fantastic and uh, easily best show of the year. All right. My best show of 2022 is Star Wars Andor. Um, you know, when they were talking about the incept, like the latest phases of the Marvel Universe, talking about star- what they're going to do with Star Wars, they'd always talk about, oh, we'll just take these properties and we'll put them in different genres. You know, we'll, you know, we'll be able to do that. We'll make this one a horror movie will make this one a you know romantic comedy and that kind of stuff i think this season of andor fulfills that promise of what taking these properties into new genres can potentially do this is a full-on espionage spy theory series that is the best star wars has been since the last jedi uh 
or since Disney's taken over, if you don't enjoy The Last Jedi. Um, I think just it's so incredibly well written, these perfectly paced arcs, just the cast across the board is stellar. Um, you know, the people you hate, you know, you kind of like are rooting for at different points. Uh, the people that you love, you kind of wish they would not do the thing they're about to do. So many fantastic speeches throughout the season. Uh, speeches that I've had to go back and listen to because, you know, they're just ringing in my head. Um, it just, yeah, just, it looks incredible. Like, th- of course, you know, all these things are made in the volume and that's really cool. And like, they're doing things that you wouldn't be able to do in, uh, practically but like to see a practical show like this with so much stuff clearly done in in person with real people uh on sets uh just looks right uh and just adds an extra level of realism that you know star wars hasn't had in a while um yeah it's just a fantastic show there's like no flaws really that i can think of in the like a perfect 12 episode run uh, yeah, and just to see the entire arc play out over the season has been a real joy. And of course, talking about, again, talking about it on Holocron entries every week has been a delight. So, uh, yeah, Andor is my favorite show of 2022. All right, let's move into some top threes. Definitely in the top three. Uh, we'll kick things off with our top three honorable mentions. Uh, I think I asked this last year, Dylan, but are your top three on my mentions just 11 through 13, or? Yes. Okay. I mixed mine up a little bit, so. Uh, Dylan, um, number three. Well, because I, I just write my short list, and then I just order them, and then whatever's, I just cut off for the top ten, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, makes sense. So, my top three, so, I guess, yeah, so number 13 on my, my list was She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, um, the show that I feel is <laughs> I've apparently enjoyed any more than anyone else in the world it seems and I, I think by the <laughs> end of the show I even liked it more than I, I was when I was talking about because I just I sort of grew to understand and appreciate that it was just trying to be a just a fun half hour comedy like it wasn't trying to be anything special and I was so used to Marvel just always trying to throw some you know interconnected big major thing but this was just like we're, we're just a fun silly show you know we're just we're just having some fun I was like yeah I appreciate that uh, number 12 on my list was Players so I guess all well, the things you mentioned. Obviously, I really like um, you know big League of Legends player back in the day. Still watch World and everything every year. Try and keep up with it. It's like my my like I only pay attention to esports. So um, really, it, I I agree with you. I don't think it treats like it. It's it's making this f- fun of e- esports and League of Legends as much as any other parody of a sport movie or TV show has ever done. Which is most of the time they're just playing on stereotypes and little funny gags that play around but not even like bad stereotypes just like like not like oh the, the nerdy guy or whatever it's just like the esport dude like there's that one guy in the team who's always like loud and obnoxious which there usually is in any team if you watch like, the, <laughs> the things there's always like a cream cheese but um and like i've watched behind the scenes there was like a behind the scene scene series on tsm back in the day and like there was so many moments in this that just reminded me of like drama and arguments in in that and that was a real like documentary type thing so um and yeah those last couple of episodes they somehow make the um the match the world like the, the final match or whatever like really actually they get the they get the thrilling sports element of it down as you're you're yep. sort of on the edge of your seat watching that match play out which is i think a big plus for the series to pull off that amongst the the comedy and everything 
Um, and then 11 was Euphoria. I kept switching Sandman and Euphoria back and forth. Um, and honestly, I may switch them again after we record, but, yeah. um, I, I, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, I was really backwards and forwards. I really like Euphoria, of course. Um, but then, um, there's like a few things I didn't like for this season, but then it was like, there's episodes in Euphoria that are like, some of my favorite stuff this year, but like it was just the inconsistency factor. So look, it, by the time I tweet out my list, if I've decided to switch Euphoria and Sandman <laughs> from 10 and 11, look, I'm just saying it right now. We're recording this before. I'll tweet out my list. Like Odds when are, this episode drops, just, but you're going to cheat and have them both at number 10. Yeah, maybe. No, I, I, I can't do that. I, I, I need like full things. So, um, but yeah, those, there's my Your um, top 11 list. That's my top you- 11. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my honorable mentions. Okay. That's interesting. Cause obviously Euphoria, I feel like was a bigger social media sensation this year than it had been previous previously. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like it was talked about more than. I guess I, I don't know. Maybe I'll people any caught drama up. does. Just it's a wild show. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. My top three honorable mentions. Uh, I didn't do eleven through thirteen, but uh, some shows I feel like need some extra love. Uh, number three, Peacemaker. Uh, of course, it's the James Gunn directed and drink created show starring John Cena f- playing Peacemaker, who was in the Suicide Squad, uh, who gets recruited by the CIA, I guess, um, to help take down a threat, uh, kind of exploring his character, his past, his family life, uh, how he became Peacemaker, um, and then, you know, crazy a crazy threat he has to help fight off. Um, it's interesting in uh, right now, obviously we've got, we're going through the change of James Gunn coming in as head of DC studios uh, and kind of clearing the slate, whether the ending down season two will actually come to fruition. Uh, but it was so fun. Just John Cena, like being very, very funny and going on crazy rants and uh, yeah, just, having so much humor in the show as well as crazy over the top violence uh it was a real fun time and and of course you know the opening title sequence is like maybe the best one of the year (laughs) uh number two the bear so this is the uh tv series about a chicago restaurants uh guy played by Jeremy Allen White uh, comes to inherit his brother's restaurant after he commits suicide. Um, and it kind of deals with the aftermath of him committing, dealing with that suicide, but also trying to run this restaurant when he was trained as like a top end uh, high society chef and having to run this, you know, pogey stand pretty much. Uh, or mm. like, you know, mom and pop like burger place. Um just to see the inside of this kitchen. Um, while it's, you know, it can be very serious at times. Obviously there's a lot of laughs in there as well. Um, it's like a very dark comedy, I guess. Um, yeah, just, uh, dealing with all these different characters in this work environments, dealing with all this trauma, uh, and then, you know, also cooking food and like, (laughs) uh, yeah. One of the most tense episodes of the season is in, of the year is in this season, so uh, yeah, I think The Bear is a show that people should definitely check out, and that's why I wanted to highlight it. Uh, and then my number one, uh, which is also my number 11, 
what we do in the shadows. I feel like this year is a year that I went back and really committed to coning in on what we do in the shadows, really came to love it, the series. Um, and there was a, a really New good season. New York City! New York City! <laughs> uh, you know, came to appreciate the brilliance of Matt Mary and his uh, delivery of lines. <laughs> I've, um, I've known that for years. You, you haven't watched IT Crowd, have you? I've watched a bit of the IT Crowd. I was going to say, me, my own... Um, just side note from Matt Berry, because yeah. I find it so funny. Like, my, um, because we watched the IT crowd, which, by the way, IT crowd is very funny, but also it's, in, it's created by an absolute fuckwit of a turf. Um, but so, I still really <laughs> like the show. Most of the show, apart from one episode where he's making fun of trans people. That episode I skipped. Um, they, the, the, there's a thing, like, because Matt Berry's in, he plays like the CEO dude or whatever. There's one moment where, like, when he comes in in season two to his, um, takeover as the head of the company and he walks into his father's funeral and he just walks in and he's like, father! And then he's like, no one, like, looks at him and takes a couple steps forward and he's like, Father, like says on this thing. So anytime I have to like, I'm around my dad because he, my dad really likes IT crowd as well. And if I have to call out for him, I'll just be like, father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So really enjoyable season and great show. Yeah. What a great, and just the, the whole wacky, crazy Colin Robinson being a child, uh, thing that they ran all season, um, was <laughs> something, uh, props to the visual effects team for making that work. Uh, so yeah, what we do in the shadows, check it out. Uh, and then second, top three, top three new to us shows that we watched in 2023. Yeah, so I sort of had to, because I, I look over my list, I, I was like, I don't really watch, I think I had the same problem last year, I don't really watch many shows that aren't from yeah. the, the year, whereas at least movies I usually watch stuff, yes. like that's that's fine. So these aren't shows I, these aren't on shows that I watch for the first time this year but they are shows right. top three shows not from 2023 yeah that's that that's that's one going so i think one of these is a repeat so number three superstore because i actually finished watching that this year but i think i had that on my list for the year last year yes. as well so it just took a very long time to watch this but i finally finally finished superstore this year it's very very good um that last season sort of bringing all the characters home um it's it does the the great thing that any good i guess sitcom does where it's very funny for the first few seasons. And then by the time you get to the last season, all you do is care about the characters. And they're like, no, nah, it's just a drama now. We're just going to make it all about, you know, people's relationships and will they, will this character be with this character and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I thought that last season was fantastic. Um, number two is Pokemon. So I started watching a lot more of the new Pokemon series throughout this year. And I'm still going to try to catch up and stuff ahead of ash leaving i guess <laughs> is the thing but yeah like obviously i love pokemon as a kid and i i i tried re-watching uh, like starting new series like last year at some stage i was like fuck i can't like i watched like five six episodes i was like i just can't binge watch this show i get so annoyed of like the structure like when you're trying to binge watch it it's just every episode jesse james i'm like oh fuck off team rocket like give me the shits um but yeah like going into the pokemon go what is it Called Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Go, whatever the the series where they introduce Go, G O H as a character, um, and then that like coming through like it's it's much more enjoyable. It's, it's like le- way less structured. You don't have the same bloody characters turning up each episode. Um, they have the characters episodes where it's not it's Ash is barely in it. Like it it feels like a, a sort of soft reboot for the the series as a whole. And I've I've been finding that very very enjoyable to watch as well. Uh, number one on my list is Midnight Mass. So this is something, of course, that I only got around to actually watching this year. Um, 
the fuck mental and Mike Flanagan series uh, where it is about sort of church and faith and um, all these sorts of things. It's a very Mike Flanagan series. Like these characters go on wild, just conversations, exploring life and everything about it, uh, which uh, he's such a fantastic writer, but I can understand if some people just don't like the way he like just, it's boring. It's not boring, but whatever. It's just not for you. Um, yeah, really, really great series. Uh, really great performances by a bunch of people in it as well. And I'm keen, of course, to see how the Dark Tower plays out over on Amazon. Really enjoyed finally watching my, I've watched all the Mike Flanagan Netflix times and, you know, it's, it's over now. <laughs> Mike Flanagan Netflix over. The oh. Mike Flanagan prime video era begins now. All right. Uh, so my top three shows, not from 2023. Uh, 2022 even. Not from 2022. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Neighborhood. This is just a classic sitcom uh, in which uh, Cedric the Entertainer's family live in a uh, Los Angeles suburb uh, and Max Greenfield's uh, family move into this predominantly uh, African-American community. Uh, It's it's the start of gentrification in this uh, part of town. Uh, You know, the slow coming together of the families and like building friendship and like that kind of stuff. It's just your classic you know, sitcom, you know, it's enjoyable. It's just comfort food, really. Um, so yeah, the neighborhood, uh, number two, free Iwatabi swim club. So this is an anime, uh, from, I want to say 2013. Do a separate list for anime. What? This is bullshit. Uh, let me have this one. Uh, (laughs) uh, in which, you know, there's these four kids who grew up, uh, and right before they, like, separate for middle school, they, like, they all love swimming. Uh, they compete in this swimming race together. And then they kind of have a falling out afterwards, go their own separate ways. And then they all kind of come back together at the end in their uh, high school year. Um, beautifully animated. It's from the team who did uh, A Silent Voice. It had, it had been a show that I'd had on my radar for a while. So I went back and finally watched uh, the series or the first season uh, really fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that's number two. And then number three, number one, Star Trek Lower Decks, which is the animated series around Star Trek, poking fun at Star Trek, just very funny and like also, uh, being very enjoyable in its own right and telling, uh, very fun sci-fi stories, uh, but not being as super serious as it required. And then even as someone like me who doesn't know a lot about Star Trek, uh, poking a lot of jokes at Spock and Picard and different people in Star Wars, uh, no, Star Trek, uh, mythology, you know, I, I still followed along and found a lot to enjoy here. So Star Trek Lower Decks, that's it. All right. Let us know your top 10 favorite shows of 2022, uh, by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or jumping to our discord at explosion.com slash discord. If you want to help us out here at What Do You Want to Watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, leave us five stars, anyone can leave five stars, or tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, enjoy what we've done in 2022, think it's worth a dollar, head on over to our co page at explosion.com slash supports. And of course, you can find all of our best of 2022 content 
over at the Explosion Network by going to explosion.com slash best of 2022. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess.